as everybody knows, technology business is a changes by the second. Yes. Uh, uh, we like to say that it's uh, it's always evolving, yes. and it is. Um, and the challenge for us is to find uh, employees that can adapt to that change. Mm. And uh, we call it grit in, in a technology hiring mm-hmm. uh, environment where somebody has that grit that can adapt, overcome challenges, mm-hmm. and be able to uh, learn mm-hmm. on a fast pace. Welcome to My Company Story. It's a show by business owners about business owners. I'm your host, Don Burge. In each episode, we'll explore the challenges business owners face and how they've overcome them. I'm here today with my guest, Ara Aslanian from Inverse Logic and from Revert Software, a startup company. Yes. Hi, Ara. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Thanks for Good coming on the you. show. Ara, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about your company? and what you do. Sure. Uh, Inverse Logic uh, started, uh, we just celebrated our 20th year last year. So I started with my partner, Jeff Lerda, 21 years ago now. Great. Uh, Jeff and I met um, while Jeff was consulting for a small uh, ISP at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, internet service provider. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff and I met and we decided to partner up and start Inverse Logic. Great. Uh, Inverse Logic is a managed service provider. We're a technology integrator. Okay, what does that mean? Uh, so managed service provider, think of us as your company's help desk, okay. technology help desk. Technology We're your help desk. IT department. Okay. For a lot of our clients, we are their IT department, day-to-day IT mm-hmm. support, setting up their network, setting up their servers, setting up their security and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many clients, we're their supplemental IT. Um, if they have an in-house IT department that doesn't have the time to tackle some of the larger projects or doesn't have the in-house expertise, mm-hmm to handle certain projects will get involved and help them with uh, migrating their email to the cloud, migrating their servers to the Amazon. Amazon. We're an Amazon partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we help them with n- numerous things. So, so you work with large clients and small clients, small clients having no IT department and large clients having, or medium-sized clients. Yeah. Tell me a little about that niche. So um, for the most part, our clients are small to medium-sized size businesses mm-hmm. that either don't have IT or don't have enough resources to have a full-time IT department mm-hmm. on site. Uh, we help them with their, we consult them with their IT needs, mm-hmm. uh, set up their servers, set up their infrastructure, set up their security, and then manage that day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company also has another division that does uh, web development, application development, uh, e-commerce solutions, okay. and helping clients uh, solve business problems with technology when it comes to software and developing tools for them. So tell me about, you have teams in your company that are specializing in different areas, or tell me about how your company is structured. Correct. So the company has two different divisions. We, uh, our technology division, mm-hmm. which is uh, our infrastructure guys, our day-to-day help us support guys, and our uh, specialty guys, Cisco, mm-hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. Uh, right. Cloud. Uh, and then we also have a division that is our software development division, which helps clients with developing their e-commerce sites, uh, helps them develop business applications that they can use to uh, streamline their day-to-day business needs. Great. And did that second business come as a de- as a need, or you started off as one company and then so, merged into? How, tell me about so that. So we started off as a um, initially we started off as a technology help desk managed service provider, uh, and then the need grew for a lot of our clients would come to us and say hey, can you also do a website for us at the Mm -hmm. time? 20 years ago, it was just simple websites. Or can you develop an application for us that would 
do this. Mm -hmm. And so we started that division as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, my partner, Jeff, comes from the background of both programming and also technology. Mm -hmm. So it was very easy for us to make that uh, trans, not transition, but add that secondary division great. to the company at the time. Great, great. Thanks, Ara. Well. And Ara, can you tell me a little bit about the new company, the startup company that you were? So through 20 years of uh, working at Inverse Logic and uh, working with clients through Inverse Logic, uh, we, in the last six, seven years, as we all know, cybersecurity has become a major issue. Big time. Uh, specifically ransomware, mm -hmm. where uh, companies get attacked by either a phishing email or somebody clicking on the wrong link on a website, right. uh, ransomware will encrypt all of your data, and the next morning you have no more access to data. And, uh, Scary. Yes, uh, they will ask for Bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, to pay the ransom to unlock your data. Yeah. We noticed that a lot of clients that were getting hit by a ransomware didn't have sufficient data protection. Mm. Uh, and we asked, when we would ask why they don't have it, uh, always the answer was, well, it's too expensive to, uh, get all the tools that you need to protect the company. Mm -hmm. So from that, um, having in-house people that can program, we decided to develop the software. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we named it Revert. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, Revert is a data storage. Uh, hi we call it a hybrid because it protects your data both on-site and backs up everything to the cloud. So it's a data protection hybrid solution that uh, helps our clients protect their data in case of a ransomware, they can revert back to Oh, so you can't prevent ransom, a guy from Russia coming over and doing something bad. Yeah. You can't prevent that, but you can, you can, if that happens, you got a right. great solution for it. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah. not just ransomware, but any kind of data loss. Oh, right. Yeah. Crash so, of computers, that Crash kind of computers, okay. uh, fire burns down the server room, unfortunately, you know, God forbid, but we can, uh, we make sure that it's, it's like business continuity Con software. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like insurance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And you've, and you brought that along to your clients. How long ago did you bring this? Uh, we market? started that about two years ago. <clears throat> two years ago. We started developing it three years ago, but two years ago it became uh, a viable software that we could start testing and selling it to our clients. I bet you're finding a real need for that right now, yes. aren't you? Yes. You're not going to imagine. Yeah. Is that a growing part of your business? It is a growing <laughs> part of my business. It's uh, it's a separate company. It's a separate entity than Inverse Logic, mm -hmm. uh, but it is a growing uh, it's a growing niche for us, and Great. it's uh, uh, and cybersecurity as well. It's become yeah. in the last couple of years has become very paramount and very uh, specific to our practice. Really popular, I'll bet. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, can you tell me a little bit about the challenges you've had with growing your business from the beginning and uh, hiring people, training, the customer frustrations, anything that you, and how you've overcome those? So, um, as everybody knows, technology business is a, changes by the second. Yes. Uh, uh, we like to say that it's, uh, it's always evolving, yes. and it is. Um, and the challenge for us is to find uh, employees that can adapt to that change. Mm. And uh, we call it grit in, in a technology hiring mm -hmm. uh, environment where somebody has that grit that can adapt, overcome challenges, mm -hmm. and be able to uh, learn mm -hmm. on a fast pace all the new technologies and all the new solutions that are being thrown our way. Right, And right. be able to uh, learn about them so that we, then we can go and help our clients overcome the challenges that they face. So how do you determine whether someone has this grit, technology grit, yeah. when you're interviewing someone or you're first looking at a potential employee? Um, I think a lot of it comes with uh, just being a good judge of character. Mm. Um, a lot of times education 
we used to focus on education, right? Mm -hmm. You have this certain college degree or a you certain certificate. To. We used to. Okay. Uh, but not so much anymore because now it's about what have you done? What experiences do you have? Because a lot of times you will get somebody that has all the Microsoft certifications, but mm. they've never touched a real life scenario before. Mm -hmm. um, they've just been educated in a classroom somewhere, but they haven't had that hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. So you wanna have somebody that has overcome challenges mm -hmm. in their personal life. Oh. Right? It doesn't have to be technology. Okay. And from that, you can say, this person has grit, and you, no matter what you throw at them, they can overcome that challenge. Fascinating, so you're not necessarily looking for someone with uh, challenges that we'll, they'll have tomorrow in your company. You're saying to someone, how have you overcome a problem in your past, and what have you done to get through it? And uh -huh. you look for that grit experience Correct. within there. Fascinating. Good, no. good. Now, does that go with both parts or both companies you have? Same kind of skill set? Yes. Well, um, you know, obviously on the revert side is more development and on the inverse logics programming side is more of a development, uh, software development skill. Mm -hmm. And then on the technology side is more hands-on technology, working with servers, working with customers, being able to explain customers uh, what you we're doing. Right. Yeah. And, right. That, and that personal skill is also important. Yes. Because a lot of times techies, what we call techies, uh, are not very, um, they have the stigma of not being very personable. Mm -hmm. So it's important for us, be, because we're in a customer service business at the end of the day, mm -hmm. uh, our guys have to be uh, friendly, be able to explain to the customer what the issue is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we solve an issue for a customer, they mm -hmm. want to know how we solved it. Yep. So you have to be able to explain how you solve the solution and what, what, the, what the cause of the error was. Sure. It makes sense. I mean, and that leads into my next question. Is that what sets your company, Inverse Logic, apart from your competitors? Or what is the... I like to think so. Yeah. Uh, we, we'd like to say that uh, a lot of managed service providers these days, unfortunately, that's what they are, managed service providers. They set up a server, a client on your PC, and everything is basically reported back to them. And if it's something goes wrong, then they get involved and make sure that they fix the problem. Uh, we are more of a high-touch type mm -hmm. of a company mm -hmm. where we're involved with our clients on a day-to-day -day basis. We'll mm -hmm. have uh, our staff go out to our client offices, visit them uh, on a monthly basis wow. or uh, every so often. Some clients, we have uh, employees that are there three, four times a week, mm. depending on their need and size. Right. So we're more of a high-touch client. And uh, that I think that uh, relationship with the customer, being able to speak to the customer, being able to have that one-on-one uh, -on -one connection mm -hmm. with the customer is really important mm -hmm. when it comes I'll to bet. technology. Can you give me some examples of customers you've worked with, how you've overcome some of your customers' problems? Um, for example, one of the customers, or uh, one of our flagship customers who is here in the San Gabriel Valley, oh, I think that? everybody is familiar with them, is the Roseville Stadium. Oh, right, the Roseville. So uh, it was... Uh, it was a really proud moment for me. The first day I walked into that stadium and said, wow, this thing is this, this historic, yeah. beautiful building complex is now our client. And wow. that was a very proud moment for us. I bet. And uh, as what we all know- What did they need? What was their, what was their issue? Why so, did they um, as we all know, Rose Bowl is a historic stadium mm -hmm. built uh, over almost 100 years ago, mm -hmm. I think, um, <clears throat> where the current stadiums that you see, the Cowboy Stadium in uh, Dallas, or um, the stadium up in uh, San Francisco, mm -hmm. Oracle Stadium. Those are brand new stadiums that have been ground up with mm -hmm. technology in mind. Right. When the Rose Bowl, was, Rose Bowl was built, there was no technology. Right. And so there is no infrastructure. Um, there was no infrastructure put in place for technology. Mm -hmm. So when the Rose Bowl built the pavilion, the new pavilion, mm -hmm. which is the new box offices, we made sure that we put in the technology necessary to be able to 
adapt to the changing environment and being able to support all the new venue events uh, and uh, games, soccer games, mm -hmm. the Rose Bowl game, all those games that come into that stadium. So you're involved on game day with the events that are going on down Correct. there and so, how is your staff involved with uh, that? So we're involved not just on game day or day of concerts, we're involved, for example, for the Rose Bowl game, we get involved almost as soon as the UCLA season ends, mm -hmm. uh, end of November, depending on if they make the playoffs or not that season, we get involved prepping for the Rose Bowl game. Oh, So we have almost 100,000, I think last year was about 90,000 people mm -hmm. at the Rose Bowl stadium. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that all of the media, all of the news, all of the photographers, um, everybody has access to their internet. Wow. Is able to, that's a big responsibility. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. And it's, it's fun. Yeah. But it's a big responsibility. Now, how many folks on your staff would be involved in a game day like that on site? So on site, on a game day like that, we have probably about six people, six people. on site. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of guys are from our in, uh, infrastructure team, mm -hmm. which makes sure the cables, if a cable gets cut somewhere, we can replace that cable. Right. And we partner with another client, that uh, another uh, uh, company that does that mm -hmm. uh, for us. Uh, but we have to make sure that everything stays up. Everything is uh, in case something goes down, we have replacement parts and we can replace a switch, right. replace a access point or a firewall if need be. Right. Uh, and uh, wow. be, make sure that the, the game get, goes without a hitch. Do you get much sleep the night before those games? Uh, no, I, I uh, you know, it's always, um, we do a good job of testing everything. Yeah, good. Uh, the week before is yeah. the day before. So the yeah. night before is usually we are, we're ready to go. Yeah. But yeah. in technology, something can happen in any second. So oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I, I know I've been to games at the Coliseum where you're trying to get on your, you know, your cell phone and your data and everyone's getting on the same time at halftime yeah. and no one can get on at yeah. all. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that you you. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't really um, manage the cell phone connection. Oh, well. okay. We just want to make sure that the stadium's infrastructure is up and running. Right. But yes, when you have 100,000 people getting on a cell site, mm -hmm. especially at the Rose Bowl where it's, you're in a confined area. Yep. Um, and there's not a uh, lot of uh, buildings around that no. you're just in a basically in a contained area a contained area it's hard to have everybody on a cell phone when 100,000 people want to download or upload a <laughs> selfie to, <I'll> bet. <laughs> to their carriers. It's a tough thing. Yeah. How about some of your other customers, your smaller size customers, some of the other San Gabriel Valley types of businesses that may be uh, smaller than that. How do you work with them? And give me an example of, of someone you've worked with. So recently. we work with a lot of uh, smaller firms, law firms, CPA firms, mm -hmm. medical firms. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with a lot of entertainment firms as well. Mm. Uh, so depending on the need for every client is, uh, obviously data protection is really important mm -hmm. when it comes to law and when it comes to mm -hmm. especially our accounting firms mm -hmm. because you're dealing now not just with your own data but you're dealing with your clients data yes, as well very sensitive so uh, we have to make sure that they stay protected and make sure that they have the systems in place that they can safeguard that data mm -hmm. yep and yep. be able to work with them that's fantastic yeah. good good now Ara, I know before we've talked a little bit and you're quite involved with community boards and with the community involvement you feel very passionate about giving back to your community. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that aspect? Um, so I'm involved in uh, a few boards, mm -hmm. uh, most of them volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, the first board that I joined about 10 years ago that I've been the chairman of the board for 10 years is uh, right in our neighbor here uh, is La Cunada's uh, Community Center. Oh, great. So I grew up 
playing soccer and playing games on the fields of that community center when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, growing up, going to Lockheed at High School and growing up in that city. Uh, so when I was asked to join the community center's board, I was uh, really excited. That's a nice moment. Yeah, especially when yeah. my former principal called me and said, hey, would you join this board? And That's it was, great. It was a proud That's neat. Very me. proud. Yeah. Um, so we've been able to, uh, for the last 10 years, uh, we've been able to uh, grow the community's, uh, community center's uh, um, involvement mm -hmm. with, we do a lot of work with the seniors in La Cunada. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a lot of work with children. We have a preschool on site. Uh, just to make sure it's it's another old building mm -hmm. that's been there for uh, 60, 70 years. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of challenges with maintaining an old building. And just to make sure that it's uh, continuously thriving and uh, being able to support services to our community. Great. And what other areas are you involved in with the community outreach? Um, I, I joined a couple of years ago, I joined the Verdugo Workforce Development Board. Mm -hmm. I was asked to join that board, which is a uh, tri-city board uh, that includes Glendale, Burbank, La Cunada. Mm -hmm. uh, and the board's goal is to make sure to find jobs for displaced employees. Wonderful. So if a business is moving out of the area and is going or is going to close, uh, for example, Sports Lake a couple of years ago went bankrupt and right. had to lay off a lot of employees. Mm -hmm. uh, Nestle out of Glendale moved away. Mm -hmm. I think last year uh, a, a lot ago. of employees were, yeah. uh, staff were displaced. So the goal of the board is to re-educate, retrain, uh, employees that are looking for jobs Wonderful. because their companies have moved away or closed down, unfortunately. Good for you. All right, mm -hmm. let me, that leads into another question I have. What do you, what do you advise either kids in school or older folks who have been laid off as far as getting a job in your industry? Are there opportunities in there? And what would, advice would you give to those types of people? So I, the tech industry right now is booming, yes. for lack of a better term. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunities in the tech industry. And with tech is something that you can always educate yourself. Uh, even though you may not have a formal degree mm -hmm. in technology, there's a lot of online tools, there's a lot of online learning mm -hmm. uh, opportunities that you can learn um, to do something in tech. Mm -hmm. um, so if somebody wants to get involved in tech, uh, right now is a great time. Right. Because uh, if, you have, if you have the grit that we we're talking the grit, about, yes, then yeah. you can learn, right. um, there's a lot of opportunities in tech. Right, because um, if people have, if they have the grit, they have the access to online tools, they can self-educate, they can learn correct. what they need to learn, and yeah. guys like you are ready to hire people like right. that. Excellent. Exactly. And for kids in high school or in college, uh, I think we all know that where the world is headed, uh, AI, mm -hmm. cybersecurity, mm. um, programming mm -hmm. are all really important. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's really important for if somebody wants to get into the technology field right now, um, a lot of schools are doing a great job um, providing coding classes, coding right. competitions, right. robotics, uh, security. Mm -hmm. So those are important. I, I think uh, a lot of kids today that want to get into technology, there's great opportunities. I, I imagine there would be quite a few. Yeah. Now, do you, does your company take that basic education that that child has or that young adult has and then build on that and give them ways to learn and grow themselves within your company once they're an employee? So one of the things that we've done for the last uh, 10 years, we have an internship program that we bring in uh, kids from <coughs> students from local high schools uh, or my alma mater mm -hmm. uh, and help them learn uh, during the summer. Mm -hmm. And if they are, they continue to thrive and they want to learn to work with us mm -hmm. and uh, that's something they want to pursue, then after college, they we definitely give them an opportunity to apply and uh, hopefully work with us. What a great opportunity yeah. for some younger men. That's yeah. great. Good to hear. 
All right, tell me a little bit about your family's background, the environment you grew up in. Tell me why did you become an entrepreneur and start a business? What was it? What was that grit inside yeah. of you that, that your parents maybe instilled yeah. in you or a grandmother? So someone? my father was an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, ever since I grew up. I was born in Iran, Armenian, oh. born in Iran. Mm -hmm. And then uh, during the revolution, my parents uh, decided it was time to migrate uh, that was Iran. in 79 or so? Uh, no, the, for us it was early 80s. 80s, okay. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. but the revolution happened in the 70, I think 78, Late 79 70s, yep. uh, in Iran. Uh, before that, my grandparents uh, fled the Armenian genocide wow. from Armenia and ended up in Iran Wow. Um, uh, during the genocide. So that's how we end up, uh, our family was, I was born in Iran. Right. And then we migrated here. When I, we came here, my father was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. He always had his own business. What did he do? Uh, he was an engineer. He, had, he studied in Germany for uh -huh. uh, engineering, for civil and mechanical engineering. Right. Um, so he had a uh, company that did engineering for refrigeration systems. Here in the San Gabriel Valley? Uh, in Glendale. Glendale. Yeah. Wonderful. In Glendale. So right. I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss yeah. and uh, work for myself. And uh I was lucky to uh, be able to do that. Did you ever work for your dad? Uh, for a very short time. <laughs> How'd that go? Not good. <laughs> not very well. <laughs> no, not very well. <laughs> I know what you mean. I've done not the same well. thing. Not very well. It was frustrating at <laughs> <Yes>. times. <laughs> frustrating. I want to do my own thing, Dad. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, that's good. So, yeah. So you want to do your own, and then you found a great partner that worked with found you. Found a great partner. Now, how do you and your partner decide what areas to focus on? Um, I've had a really great relationship with my partner because we do very different things. Mm -hmm. I am more business focused and he's more technology focused. Mm. Uh, he, when we first started the business, I used to go sell anything and anything mm -hmm. I could sell. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about my partner, uh, Jeff, was that at the time he would just, I would call him and say, Jeff, I just sold um, a client that mm -hmm. we're going to launch the space shuttle, mm -hmm. for example. And he would say, well, what do you mean? And I'd say, <laughs> you know, it's Jeff, business, right? Figure it out. Yeah. So he would read a reference book this thick overnight yeah. Yeah. and call me the next morning and say, okay, we can launch the space shuttle. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he is, he, when you talk about grit, yeah. he had that grit. That yeah. Yeah. You can really go And the ability and to read a book like that overnight. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. He's probably read the most, from everybody I've known, he's probably read the most books I've ever, wow. anybody I've ever known. That's great. Yeah. And it's been a 20-year partnership it's that you guys have It's been a 20-year, 21-year yeah. partnership. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Where do you see the future of your company going? What do you see it's going to look like in five years or 10 years? I mean, technology is moving very quickly. Yes. Can you predict out at all? And how far can you go? Unfortunately, I think you can predict out certain things, mm -hmm. um, knowing that AI, cybersecurity, is growing mm -hmm. and uh, knowing that the industry will change, mm -hmm. how our clients do business will change. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the desktop, as we know it, the computer, the laptop will go away. I keep reading about that. Five yeah. to 10 years. You really think that's going to be the I case? I think so. Wow. I think everything will be on the cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, we will not have servers on site anymore. Everything mm -hmm. uh, will be cloud-based. Cloud-based. And we can do everything from our iPad or iPhone and or mobile device. And wow. That would probably be um, the next big change. The next big generation. I think when 5G comes out and becomes available in the next uh, three, four, five years, that will be a big game changer. I understand that's going to be a game changer when yes. 5G happens. Yeah. And yeah. your business is setting up to be in the right place, the right to catch that wave, yes. right where it's well, there. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Good. Tell me a little about the culture of your company. I know in high tech companies, uh, you know, engineers have a certain. Um, well, shall we say personality or, or yeah. such, but how, how do you deal with the culture in your company and how is that, uh, how's that look? I think I've been very fortunate. 
uh, hiring the right guys and the right women, mm-hmm. men and women, mm-hmm. that work for us. Um, I've always had open door policies, so in our company, there's not this hierarchy of reporting that you know you're going to have. Even though we have different department heads, right. department leads, uh, we everybody has open door to my office. Mm-hmm. To, they can walk in and talk about anything. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the culture comes from just uh, being a making decisions as a team mm-hmm. and being able to um, help our clients as a team to grow themselves. Right. So that's, right. Been, um, that's been a great benefit for us. Now, I've heard of a trend of going toward virtual workplaces or people working from home. How do you feel about that? Does that happen in your organization or? It happens uh, to a small extent. Um, for us, because our clients, uh, a lot of our guys are hands-on with our clients, mm-hmm. um, for help desk guys that, that could potentially work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for guys that show up to clients, obviously have to work with their network uh, work with their technology on site, that's challenging. Sure. Uh, with developers, that works as well. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I've I'm call, called me old school. I, I like walking into my developer's room and say, hey, I need this challenge solved. Can you guys do it? And right. we kind of visualize it right there. Eyeball to eyeball. You're like, okay, eyeball. let's, let's they talk tell about me, it. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. just draw it on the board and be able to say, okay, hey, this is how we're going to solve the problem. Right, right. Do you have standing meetings then with your staff? We do. Regularly. So every Monday morning we have a standing meeting at mm-hmm. 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. 7.30 I think it is now. Great. Um, that we talk about what we did, what went well, what, did, what didn't go well, and what we need to improve on. Great. And, and upcoming forward. problems. That's great, great. And tell me what advice would you give to the audience that we have out here about starting a business in California, in the San Gabriel Valley, in technology? Mm-hmm. Pick any one of those three or all of those three. <laughs> what advice would you give someone now listening to this show? An entrepreneur that wants to start a business? You would probably um, would have to say, be an entrepreneur yeah, or crazy. Um, <laughs> I would say the most important thing is passion. Passion. Make sure you have the passion and make sure that uh, you're focused on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because passion is super important, mm-hmm. especially in technology, because it, it's you're dealing with people mm-hmm. and you're dealing with uh, people's businesses. People entrust uh, what we do in technology. People trust their entire livelihood on yes. us, right? Yes. Uh, I always say we're more important than somebody's personal doctor. Right. Uh, trust is super important because we have the key to your entire network, mm-hmm. the key to your entire business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that trust is paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, and passion is paramount, too. You have to be really passionate about it. Uh, be well-read. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay smart. One, smart. Stay one, one step ahead of the game or two steps ahead of the game mm-hmm. because things change uh, minute by minute. So it sounds like it gets back to that grit that you talked about at the beginning of the program. It's that passion, that grit that you have to have to be able to get up in the morning and look those challenges in the face and, and overcome them. Right. Because there's going to be challenges tomorrow and there were yesterday. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, great. Good. And it's getting more complex on day by day. Those because challenges. of technology? Because technology is getting more complicated. In certain ways, it's getting simpler, but in, in certain ways, it's getting complicated. Getting right. Complicated. AI. Robotics, self-driving cars, right. drone delivery, it's just... The whole thing. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing. Can you tell me a little bit about, speaking of the passion then, what's the why in your company? Why does your company exist? What's the, really, the, you know, the one essence it could boil down to, or is there one? I think that if there was one essence, is our passion to help our clients. Mm-hmm. Our clients having the need for us to be able to guide them in the right direction especially in a changing techno- technology world. Mm-hmm. Uh, what worked five years ago in technology doesn't work today. Mm-hmm. 
um, a lot of things are moving so fast that mm -hmm. our clients need help being able to stay ahead of the game themselves. Mm -hmm. So for us is being able to be that sounding board that says, hey, technology is changing, security is changing, you need cer certain things in place to guard yourself from right. phishing attacks, viruses, um, security breaches, whatever that might be. Right, all those areas. All those areas. Good, great. Are there some other comments that you'd want to make if there are potential customers listening or if there are potential employees listening to this show that you'd like to address to that audience, the, one of those two audiences? Well, I think for uh, potential clients, we, we, we happy and welcome anybody that is looking to uh, look at their technology mm -hmm. um, just to have an idea of if they're doing things right or wrong. Great. Uh, have an assessment mm -hmm. done. Uh, we do a lot of that with clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of help them come in and help them and say, hey, even if they have in-house IT or have a smaller IT group that helps them come in and say, hey. Free assessment? You guys, Don't want to be on yeah, the spot. We, we do, free assessment? We do okay, free good. Assessment. I wasn't sure yeah. on the answer, but. Yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> okay. Depending on what level of assessment of we're course. talking about. But yeah, yeah okay. um, good, good. be too happy to do that. Great. And, uh, okay. For uh, potential employees, as if you're looking for a great place to work. Fantastic, Gara. Thank you for listening to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a comment and subscribe to hear more of My Company Story on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And go to our website, mycompanystory.com, to find more episodes. <laughs>